0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. And this week, my guest is Casey Creech. By the way, the Cast is sponsored by Jolly Good Soda, the best gosh darn soda in all the Midwest. And by the way, if this podcast sounds a little bit different, I'm recording the intro on my good old-fashioned iPhone headphones because I am traveling. I was in Baltimore this week. Uh by the way thanks to everybody who came out to that and congrats to the Packers for for being the kings of the north clinching the NFC uh title. Uh they've secured their spot in the playoffs. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Mark, my words. Had a very fun show in Baltimore. More shows coming up hopefully uh in the new year. The Omicron variant is a little bit concerning, but we're going to kind of keep an eye on that and see how that affects tour dates and everything else but if, if you're interested in seeing us on the road just check out Kripescast.com. and now on to everlight solar today my guest is casey creech uh he's the founder and chief revenue officer of everlight solar uh this is one of the biggest solar providers in the midwest and i thought it would be cool to have him on because you know a lot of times when you think about solar power you're thinking uh oh anyone who has solar panels is you know either super super wealthy or uh, you know, they're, they're I don't know, into like uh doomsday prepping or something. And I don't think everyone thinks about it as something attainable, especially if you're on a tight budget. Uh, but whatever light solar does that I think is, uh, it can really change the face of how we consume energy in this country is they're making it a, a very easy way for just your average Joe to put solar panels on their house. And uh, so I, I think it's cool. And w- when we look at like, you know, sort of this fight between the environment and the economy. I think solar panels is one of those kind of no-brainers that we can all do. It's just, is that initial investment possible for most people? I think Everlight kind of lowers the barrier of entry and makes it uh, easy for everyone to do. And I think that can, you know, kind of change the way the, uh, the earth looks. I brought on a, a few people um, with respect to environmental issues. We had an environmental guest on last week and uh, a few times before. And it's clearly an important issue, but most people get into the weeds of, uh, of how environmental issues relate you know, to politics. And so I think anytime you can find sort of a win-win for, for the economy and the environment, those are the easiest ways the lowest hanging fruit uh, that you know we as a people can kind of just make this world uh, inhabitable for the next generations to come. So anyway, Casey and I have a conversation about that, the practicality and sort of where the solar industry is going. And then another cool topic we kind of dive into is just the jobs that are available in the solar industry. Uh, Casey's talking about how he's at a point where he's he's actively looking for various skilled positions that folks can jump in and, and start working almost immediately. So, you know, I know there are a bunch of people out there looking for jobs, so this may, may be some to to look into. Uh, I think you're gonna enjoy it. And I wanna thank all of you, of course, for rating and, and listening to the Cast. And you can follow us uh, at Cripescast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, you can follow Everlight Solar, that's at Everlight Solar. You can follow them on Instagram. And with that, we will get to my conversation With Casey Creech thanks for coming on man appreciate it yeah excited to be here it's been a long time coming I know yeah we've been trying to work (laughs) this out for a little while but you know that's that's how it goes busy folks yeah exactly so how's business going it's It's
1: been wild. It's been really busy. Uh, every year in solar, the, the end of the year is a, a big push. You know, folks are wanting to get their solar systems installed to get those, those tax incentives. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of all hands on deck trying to get everything done before yeah. Before it gets to, to Christmas break.
0: Yeah. In, and so what what's the deal with the tax incentive? Does it have to be fully installed before you get that incentive or can you put the money down or how does that work?
1: Yeah. It's actually a lot easier than you would think as long as the panels are on the roof. So once the, once the system's installed, solar is actually fairly complicated, uh, more complicated than you would think. And so there's once, it, once the panels are on the roof. There's additional electrical work that needs to get done. There's inspectors like to get involved and a utility company has to be involved. And so there's a lot of steps, but as long as the panels are installed on the roof, Mm -hmm. uh, you can take advantage of the tax incentives in that year. So even if the, for folks who get the panels installed this year, if there's still inspections and things to go along the way, they still Get the incentive this year worst case scenario it
0: would be next year
1: which is the same
0: rate yeah and what kind of incentive are do people can people uh anticipate when they put these suckers on their roof yeah it, it's
1: 26 percent of the the total you know solar system so it's it's pretty significant like mm-hmm. it takes out a big chunk of it yeah it, it makes solar you know a lot you know a lot more accessible to a lot more people which is, which is great.
0: Yeah, and and you're in this sort of unique position where, you know, what year, um, what year did ever like begin? Uh, 2017. Okay, so 2017, in, and in that time, how have you seen the, <coughs> excuse me, how have you seen the demographic of the solar purchaser change? Because I think when a lot of people think of someone who has solar panels, they're thinking, well, you know, they're rich, essentially or they've got a lot of expendable, um, income, but has that, is that the case historically? And is that changing? Right. This is, this is where
1: it's been really cool to see the industry change because uh, as you said, it's, it's one of these things getting solar one is complicated. Uh, two, it used to be expensive. Uh, you'd have to, you know, dig into your pocket and come up with, you know, uh, if, if it was 20, 30 grand, whatever the number was for that installation, Um, or have really amazing credit, right, to be able to get something like that. And so our focus has been on how do we get solar out there and make it available for the mass market? Because up until a few years ago, especially in places like the Midwest, where there was not a huge solar presence, it was something that was because of the cost and the complexity, uh, it was more suited for folks that were either, yeah, wealthy, and they had a ton of money to throw at it, um, or I don't know, kind of people that were more in that, uh, eco activist sphere. Like they really, really wanted to do something positive for the environment. So they would go to whatever length to make that happen or kind of those hobbyist electrician DIY people. So it kind of limited it to this very niche audience. And so we felt like if we can make this an easy process and open this up to basically any homeowner, to just get in without having any down payment. Uh, we could really democratize solar and have it go mass market and mm-hmm. go from a few hundred, couple hundred homes a year in places like Wisconsin being installed to thousands being installed every year. And uh, and so that's what's changed is now basically anyone can just say, Man, I'd like to go solar. And in effect, you're just trading your power bill for a solar bill. And uh and the difference is a power bill, you're renting power, right? And you're just renting power forever. You could pay a power bill for 30 years, the next month you'll still get another power bill. It's just how that works. And you have no control over when that those prices will increase. And uh, especially now when it, it's, it seems like everything is getting more expensive, uh, you know, inflation is going a, a little bit crazy. The facts, the fact that folks can say, "Hey, I can just take uh, and buy my power. I can own my power by getting solar, and it's a fixed cost. I own the system. When I pay it off, it's it's mine. I don't owe anybody anything for it, and uh, it's it empowers a lot of people. And uh, it's been really awesome to see that kind of that transition in the market to go from where it was just this the small audience that had access to solar, and now." Anyone who wants it, as long as your credit's over six hundred and forty, and you own your and you own your home, you can get into it without any money down. So it's been really amazing to see that.
0: And I think that there's been uh, an additional push. I believe it was after um, the one of the hurricanes uh, down in Texas, where you saw everybody saw, or I don't think it was a hurricane. I think it was a cold snap actually, but everyone saw their power bill just skyrocket, go through the roof, and I think that drew a lot of attention to this. Now, given that people are getting into this position of owning their own power. How do the power companies feel about that? Do, can they still gain financially by this? Or are they trying to push against this? Cause conceivably it could put them out of business or no?
1: Not really. Uh, it's, this is where there's, th- there's always this back and forth. And we've seen this out West where, in new places like Utah and Nevada and California where solar's more mature, uh, and it's more in the mass market already where utility companies kind of go through this phase, right? Where they initially get a little worried about, hey, we're losing these these monthly bills. But the fact is, is you're not disconnected from the grid. The Here's the here's the really cool thing is if you think about how often your power actually goes out, almost never, especially here in the Midwest. Like, we know what winter is and mm-hmm. it's going to happen and we're pretty well prepared for it. Yeah, uh, Power going out is not really an issue here um, and the way they've built the grid here, it's, it's a lot more reliable than a place like California, where you have those rolling blackouts where they have to turn off the power. It just doesn't happen uh, in, in most places. Uh, and so what you do is have your solar panels on your roof and then affect your, your, well, your house is still connected to the grid. And so during the daytime, your panels are always going to generate more than your house is using. So that excess power is feeding back out into the grid and that accumulates credits. And then at, at times like night, or if there is like a, a really huge snowstorm uh, and the panels are covered up for a couple of days by snow, you just pull that power back from the grid and you just keep keep rolling and keep it moving. And it, it makes it uh, really, really uh, simple to kind of control that the financial aspect, but have the reliability of, uh, of using the grid. And so there's still a small bill. Like there's usually like a few bucks a month, 10, 15 bucks a month that you'd pay to the solar to the to the power company to be connected to the grid and to kind of use them as your battery backup. And so it's for most power companies, it is a, a really great relationship that we have with them because they they they're they're excited uh, about the idea of, of more renewables. Uh there, there are some, admittedly, that that they they'll get in that phase of. Like, hey, we really like you to generate green power and have green energy as long as we're the ones selling it to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um,
1: but that's yeah. usually uh, it's it, it goes in phases. So we've seen this. One example was Envy Energy out in Nevada. They had a you know, which is Warren Buffett's company, and of course they needed more money, right? Uh-huh. And so they they changed their policy a few years back to make it detrimental to anyone getting solar. And there was, of course, a huge public outcry. Everyone was upset about it. And the the cool thing about power companies is there is an element of regulation. So regulators were able to step in, put some pressure on and say, you know, you're on the wrong side of history here. Let's get things reversed. And so they got that reversed. And uh, there was a power company in Utah, Rocky Mountain Power, did something similar. But instead of just reversing, they've turned into a real amazing innovator for solar energy. After that outcry, everyone pushed back. And now they're doing some really incredible things uh one of the programs i really like that they're doing is instead of not only embracing solar but they're they're really pushing it forward and and uh, offering this program uh, where if you get solar panels and then you get a battery to go along with it which most people don't need a battery is reality but if you get a battery they'll help pay for part of that battery and then Mm. in exchange they get access to that battery uh when they need it and so what they're able to do with this is now across their their the whole footprint of their their, their grid, they'll have thousands of these batteries. And so if you if you're familiar with what a peaker power plant is, when power usage spikes, so you just have to fire up these very fossil fuel intensive power plants to get enough power to deal with those spikes. It's expensive. It's there's a lot of pollution from those comparative to almost anything else. And and so instead of relying solely on those peaker power plants, they can use what's called a virtual power plant that's all across the grid with all these batteries and just tap into those. And uh, and so it's been really cool to see, you know, once once people kind of have their voice heard, uh, power companies usually kind of wake up and like, okay, yeah, this is this is just the this is kind of an inevitability. Let's embrace this. Let's use it. Let's work together, and let's move forward. And so it's been. Uh, really cool if, if that can happen to a place like Utah it can happen anywhere right. so right
0: <laughs> and and how is the um, relationship been with Wisconsin power plants specifically have they uh, embraced it and gotten to that point yet or is there a little ways to go yet uh, they're, they've
1: been great they've been phenomenal honestly so especially folks like mgE uh, Alliance been great to work with I'm an Alliant customer <laughs> here in, mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, they've been they've been really great to work with. So
0: cool. That's that's good to hear. Now, obviously, the big problem uh, with uh, wind power, and I assume solar power, but maybe I'm wrong on this, is that the excess power. You know, when you're getting a lot, it's hard to store that, or impossible to store that. Is that true? Yeah that that's that's kind of that
1: next phase of growth to get to that level of, you know, it'd be great to get hundred percent renewables, right. If, if You're it right. were possible, but the reality is, um, with this expensive as storage is, it's just not realistic right now. And so right now the focus is on wh- how can we get the right mix, get enough mm-hmm. renewables from home solar combined with wind solar and, and, uh, all the other sources and, and keep things online. So we don't end up in a California situation, which has been very poorly managed and, uh, and again, leading to those rolling blackouts. So it, it just takes the, the right mix and those conversations happening. But what's, uh, what I think is important is that we just continue to move forward. We're not going to get there and get to a perfect situation overnight. It's going to take time. Um, uh, but as more people get home solar adjustments will, will have to be made. And uh, we can start to get kind of improve every link of the chain in that process to get more and more in a better place when it comes to renewables and, and storage. Storage prices for energy is, is, is falling off a cliff. Uh, there's huge decreases every year. And so over the next few years, I think that's where we'll see a real revolution is in that area. Um, and if companies, especially if they do something like what Rocky Mountain Power is doing and like, hey, let's let's embrace this movement. Let's get these batteries in as many homes as possible. And you've got these batteries all across the grid and and, uh, that could take a a huge amount of pressure off of, you you don't have to buy like one big hundred million dollar storage facility. You can have all these little batteries that make the average homeowner's life. Just you give a, a little peace of mind knowing that, hey, that once a year I might lose power for an hour that you can keep the lights on. So they get that peace of mind. And on the flip side, the power company benefits from tapping into that when they need it. So it can be a really positive thing. But by pushing forward, I think we'll see those innovations just continue to fly out. So,
0: Well, and I think a lot of the arguments against solar, against uh, battery powered, against wind power, uh, for those who want to argue against it is they point out the imperfections. But I think if you look at, you know, the Model T Uh, you know, that had a lot of imperfections and it's about, but a lot of people bought cars and that allowed the investment vehicles to make them more efficient, more efficient, you know, so we get some, I mean, now we have electric cars and much more efficient. Well, everything brakes, suspension, you know, the, the whole deal. (laughs) So the more you invest in an industry, very simple, the more efficient it gets. That being said, currently there's a lot of environmental problems with uh, batteries. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: it's something that it's it's a it's a new. This is a newer problem. That likewise with recycling solar panels, that's something that people look at and they're kind of worried about that we're heading to this. Like, solar panels last thirty to forty years, mm-hmm. at a certain point, we're going to have to start recycling these. Um, and so there's always concerns about that. Uh, but the cool thing is where there's going to be a market, there's going to be innovation, there's going to be new uh, new innovations that will help to solve those problems. Where there, especially where there's money to be made. And I think right. there's going to be a lot of money to be made in doing things like recycling batteries, recycling solar power, uh, solar panels, because on the one hand you just it just is is a need. On the other hand, there's some components in there that are really valuable, particularly like rare earth minerals and things that can be reused. And so there there are some great companies out there that are that are working on those problems. And uh, I think as 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 the need increases, innovation will increase. And uh, yeah, I think we'll get in a really good spot. But it's it's, you know, to your point, it's, you know, it's, it's not all perfect right now. You know, I've had people, I I drive an electric car, drive a Tesla. Uh, I've had people point out that, oh, there's, you know, fossil fuels are used to power the, you know, part of the power plant or some of the components that, that come from, uh, wherever, you know, there's, there's, uh, fossil fuels are being used. It's like, yeah, I mean, we can't just like flip a switch and go completely green overnight. Um, the fact is, but if we can get, start there. And in, in the c- case of Tesla, they started with let's make electric cars really cool. Like I didn't get mm-hmm. an electric car because I, I don't know if it was a trade off of, it was a really slow car and it wasn't fun to drive and it wasn't reliable. Um, and it didn't have a great charging network. I probably wouldn't have done it, but the mm-hmm. fact that it's, it's, you know, as fast as a Ferrari, but it's got enough seating for my kids and it can be, it's like a mom mobile. That's really, really fast. Uh, and it's, it's crazy fun to drive. It's got all these fun games and things Th- that makes it, that makes it really cool. So the mass market embraces it. There's a ton of Tesla's out there and now other links of the chain can start to adjust to that. And we'll get more and more, you know, of these charging stations that will, instead of being connected to the grid, they can be powered by solar panels and batteries. So those become green. And then the manufacturing chain can do the same thing. And And we'll, we'll, we'll see that start to happen, but that doesn't ever happen if we don't start somewhere. Right. Right. And so it's just, how do we get this, get this out to the mass market, make it fun, make it accessible. It's the same thing we're trying to do with the the home solar power is how do we get this from being this, obviously this niche to being something that everyone can have access to. It's easy. It's kind of cool. And uh, like, I know in my neighborhood, the, the folks that the developer that built it, they were a little worried at first like hey we don't want you to put on solar panels until you know every lot is sold because we think it'll help make it harder to, to sell other lots yeah and uh there 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 wasn't any restriction you know that, that they could yeah. point to and you know wisconsin happens to be a, a right to solar state so we just said, appreciate your input we're going to do solar panels and uh what's been interesting is almost every house now has solar panels. Like oh, it, it's, wow. they look cool. They look really nice. The, the new panels are jet black. They don't look like the old, like kind of silver bracket, bluish tint, kind of ugly panels. Right. Uh, they look really cool. And uh, I was just at a, you know, a thing just a couple days ago with uh, a bunch of my neighbors. And of course, one of my neighbors just tells me, yeah, you know, yeah, I'd like to take a look at it, you know, get, get me a quote. And uh, I'm like, Great. You may not be the last person in the neighborhood to get solar because everyone else <laughs> has yeah. solar, basically. And uh, and so it's been really, really cool to see this like as we get it to mass market, people really get excited about it. And then we'll just I, I really think that innovation will be forced because it'll be such a such a huge market. So many people just are really excited about the whole idea.
0: Yeah, and that is um, you know. <laughs> It's like lawns, right? Like, um, that's an example I I look at a lot. Like uh the reason like who who wants to cut their lawn? Like who decided this was a good idea? And it's like this traditional thing that came over from the UK. It was a traditional status symbol and the culture just said, Okay, that looks good. So a bunch of people, you know, put this big pain in their ass in the front lawn every uh, week to cut. In the same way, if you look at a roof, like I'm looking at some uh some roofing right now some shingles i'm like well i mean who's to say that looks good and you know something else doesn't you know so like having that that jet black look i mean you're right and that's the cool thing about i feel like where solar is going and the electric cars are going as you said they're really embracing what do people want to see and almost changing those initial perceptions so You don't move into a new neighborhood and the homeowners association is like, no, that's not, you know, all those look things are just so arbitrary. So it's, I think it's smart to get into the minds of the people making those decisions and seeing, okay, what do you want? And we want to look sleek and cool. Okay, we can do that. It's not that big of a deal, you know? So it's it's cool to see. Still though, if you are going to uh, put solar panels on your roof in, let's just take Wisconsin for instance, what can people expect to pay upfront and what are the, the finer details of that? With
1: us, there, there's a percentage of our customers that choose to just pay cash. They're just like, mm-hmm. I just I'd, instead of trading a solar bill for a power bill, they're in that position where they can pay cash. That's a very small percentage. For everyone else, it, there's no down payment. We offer simple, easy financing. As long as your credit's over 640 and you own your home, you can get this. The idea is, how do we get solar onto as many homes as possible? Mm-hmm. And we said we can set a really low bar on that financing piece, on that credit score to power bill. Like people pay their power bills. It's not a. It's not a boat. It's you know, it's not this like right. luxury thing. It's just it's it's your power. And so we're able to uh, make that happen. Uh, but in terms of how big the system is, uh, we don't just go and guess. Right. So when somebody, when my neighbor asks, I'd like to see what solar is going to cost, the first thing uh, our energy consultant asks is, okay, perfect. You know, that I need to see 12 months of your energy usage data. So we know how much for that specific household uh, are they using um, because every home is going to be different. You know, do you have, is it a three bedroom house? Is it a five bedroom house? Do you have a couple of electric cars? Do you have a hot tub? Do you have, you know, do you dehumidifier? Uh, these things that can take up a lot of energy and that will drastically impact how much, uh, how many panels you would need to offset as much of that bill. Sure. And, uh, and and so, you know, generally speaking though, uh, the the way the financing works, if you look at what your power bill is a solar payment for panels that you own would be very close to whatever that is, whatever that number is that usually falls in uh, very similarly.
0: Is there a mean like, like hundred bucks a month? Is, is there an average price that folks in Wisconsin are paying or folks in the Midwest? I, I yeah, I don't know what the average would be. Everyone's okay. different. We have some folks that
1: come out and, and their, their solar payments, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month. And some people um, it's significantly higher. Uh, we just did, uh, you know, a, panels for a a former Green Bay Packer, shall remain unnamed, but big system, really Mm -hmm. huge system, one of the bigger ones we've done on a house. And so their payment is also really big, um, comparative to most homes, but most homes don't have like, you know, everything that that this house uh, has.
0: So well, it and just, the point it all is, is contingent. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a high electric bill every month. Oh, uh, huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, but it's comparable to your electric bill is the bottom line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And so that, that's the whole idea. If we can make this something where you just, you're already budgeted to pay your electric bill and just going to take that money and shift it over to pay for panels that you own instead, then, you know, that, that makes it, you know, it takes a, it's not a hurdle anymore. It's not like, oh, can we afford this? It's just you already afford it. And it's uh, just a matter of uh, choosing the right provider and, and, and making that move. And, um, you know, I, I know for a fact, like since we've entered the market, there's been, we've stirred up a lot of interest in solar. We've helped thousands and thousands of people go solar in which, whichever state we're in. You know, we're now Wisconsin's largest home solar installer. Uh, we're the largest in Minnesota and we're, we just continue to expand. Um, and uh, it's it's been really cool to see. But it also leads to people going out and looking at other solar companies. And I think that's just great, uh, yeah. honestly. Uh, there's there, there's so much opportunity out there. And a rising tide lifts all boats. And so we're really happy that just it just is mass market. And if someone looks at us and they go, cool, I want to go with this other shop. Um, you know, everyone has, for whatever reason, uh, I just think it's really positive because it just gets more solar on more roofs and makes uh, helps more people see that, oh, this really does work here. And then realtors learn or getting more familiar with selling homes with solar now. It was a super normal. That's a super normal thing out West. People know that, oh, this is a really cool thing. Like when you sell a smart home without a power bill, that's a huge advantage over a house that has a power bill—it's right. It's like selling a home with way, way better energy efficiency because it's way better insulated. You know, your power bill is going to be way lower, so it's a huge advantage. Uh, but now that solar is becoming so common in areas of Wisconsin, realtors are—we I mean, have a—we have a whole certification program for realtors so they can be trained on how to sell a home with solar. But the more they do this, the more normal it becomes. Now there's comps on the market, and it's kind of demystified this whole concept of how do we sell a home with solar and it's turns out it's it's actually a great thing. If you got solar on your roof, your home's going to sell for more money. It's going to sell faster. It's it's more unique and there's a ton of advantages that go along with that. So it's just uh yeah, it's been super cool to see how how this has just just proliferated through the to these uh, areas of the Midwest.
0: I like and I appreciate how um your approach and I think the solar industry's approach has kind of been like okay, we see the pushback from people against solar and a lot of times it's conservatives who are not for government control or this or that but you've taken a very free market approach where it's like what what are you kind of like tesla and it's like what are you complaining about we're making a great product that people want and i think the hesitancy on the right is often you know like some form of government control but i feel like you know, I'm, I can't kind of come from the philosophy of I don't want to be controlled by the government, but I sure as hell don't want to be controlled by power companies or industries that, you know, pollute our water. You know, I, I basically don't want any control in that aspect. So I feel like you do a really great job of, you know, utilizing the free market, listening to what people want and providing it in terms of uh, just the logistics in the Midwest, how do you deal with the snow on the roof? how do How do you figure that out? Yeah, it's.
1: I, I've heard it snows here. I thought it was cold out in Utah. My <laughs> first winter here was yeah. uh, the the polar vortex twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, I yeah. was like, this is the Midwest. Like, if this is every year, uh, we may have to reconsider. Uh, <laughs> just move. But uh, it, it gets really, really cold here. Um, but we're, we're not strangers to that. Like we've done, we've done a ton of work in places like Utah and Idaho, where there's a a lot of snow. And so we, we knew uh, a lot of what to expect that it's going to snow. And, uh, and so when we, when we build our systems, the, the primary thing we do, like, I don't really want people out there. Clearing snow off their roofs, right. I, I kind of worry about that. That could be a little right scary. There. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to, we don't want to open up that can of worms. So mm-hmm. uh, how we build the system is we account for, there's a lot of historical data of snowpack. And so we can really estimate accurately that how many days a year, you know, the, the panels will have reduced capacity in terms of energy generation. When days are shorter, there's more cloud coverage, that kind of thing, or the, the time of year, that's impact our position on the globe impacts how much power you can generate because the angle of the sun is a a huge role in in how efficient the panels are. And so that kind of ebbs and flows throughout the year. And then there are those, those, you know, a handful of days a year, I think it's about 20 days a year where the the panels will just be covered up completely, right? And so what we do is instead of kind of guesstimating, our software does all of that work. It's got all those climate factors built into the software and it has the rate card from whichever utility company it is. And uh, so when we design the systems, we have the energy usage data. We know uh, a lot of, we have all that climate data. And so when the systems are designed, they're extremely accurate. Uh, and uh, and that, that means you don't need to go out and clear the snow off your panels. There are those people uh, that are just, they're really awesome. And they're really proactive. And they, they, they obsessively, they track their solar energy production like I probably track my fantasy stats. (laughs) Last in the league fantasy team to see how you know, trying to get that that one win, (laughs) and uh, and they're watching that every day, right? They're just and so when the panels are covered, that just doesn't sit well with them. And so there there are some tools you can get to clear snow off of panels. Okay, Um, but we design it to hopefully get people in a position where you don't need to think about it. I don't want you to think about it. But if you want to go above and beyond and, uh, you know, get out there and, and brave the cold and, and get one of these tools that you can use to clear the off the panels, that's great. That's a nice bonus, but I don't want to put people in that position. It, it gets really cold. And uh, I know I don't want to be
0: out there, so. Yeah. Oh, folks, excuse the interruption, but I want to shout out our sponsors for the podcast. I told you at the top of the show, and I'm telling you again, get yourself some jolly good soda. If you're in Wisconsin you can get it at any of the grocery stores. If you're not you can get it at JollyGoodSoda.com. They also got merch up there and a bunch of other stuff would make great gifts for Christmas. Also I want to shout out Duluth Trading Company. Hey winter is coming up. Are you prepared for the elements? You know that you got a in. Winter in the Midwest, and Duluth's got all your layers. They've got the Alaskan hard gear for your outer shells. Okay, that's top of the line uh, outdoor equipment right there. And then, of course, they've got all the fashionable uh, Duluth Trading uh, Signature Series, you know, with with their their crouch guzzet pants or whatnot, you know, that allow you to, like, work and look fashionable at the same time and a whole host of other stuff. Get them, find it over there at DuluthTrading.com. And finally, if you're looking for gifts for Christmas, head on over to CripesCast.com. We got a merch section with a bunch of Midwest stuff. Uh, Op shirts, keep her moving shirts, keep her moving koozies, watch out for deer koozies, keep her moving bottle openers, we got watch out for reindeer shirts, Ope Christmas tree, we got a bunch of great stuff, cribbage boards, I could keep going, or you could just go to cripescast.com, see for yourself, okey dokes, back to the pod. What was your journey to this company, and uh, and what kind of inspired it? Yeah, what what really inspired it was I don't know. I've, I've I've always tried to work in
1: an industry where I could feel like I'm doing something productive, right? Where I'm where I'm really adding something to society or to the world, doing something positive. I don't want to just I don't know sell uh, a widget to make money or something, and so. Um, Previously, that uh, William, who's the co-founder, and I were cousins and best friends. We worked in the government technology space, focused on citizen engagement and just that that piece of just the government being more open. And uh, so it was it was kind of a crazy time, you know, working with some of these the bigger cities in the country, and counties and, and state legislatures to get them to go from uh, meetings that were, you know, open to the public, but you'd have to go to it to watch it. And, uh, you know, record keeping was paper-based. So if you wanted to see the minutes from a meeting, you actually have to go to the you know city hall and they open up a filing cabinet and scan and make prints for you, like very antiquated models. Uh, there, there was one, one city I talked to, uh, on the East coast, when I was asking them a question of like, how do you get, how do your different folks in the city, get their items on your meeting agenda. And I'm like, Oh, well, what you do is you put you, your packet together, you put it in the shopping cart, do this. And I'm thinking, Oh my, God, this is really cool. This is like some e-commerce capability. And so I'm asking questions about that. Like, Oh, like what kind of technology is this? They're like, no, no, no. Like Noreen has a shopping cart. She walks down the hallway and put <laughs> it in the shopping cart. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So taking folks from that to, open meetings where citizens can get feedback digitally. They can mm-hmm. view all the meetings, live streaming online. And so just helping with that transition, it was really cool. And uh, and then at that point, William made the move into solar. He got to learn a ton uh, from these different solar companies, what was good, what was bad, uh, move into a management role there. And I moved into a, a different tech company, but still focused on government where now I was focused on, uh, customer experience for government, which almost seemed like a joke, right? Like I, I'm, I've been to the DMB, I know right. what the customer experience <laughs> is typically, yeah. and are, are, is anyone in government going to care? But the the funny thing is, once once you connect the the idea of happier citizens to maybe getting reelected, all of a sudden like some politicians started to pay attention, and I got to work with some really awesome uh, cities and states uh, that. Helped kind of pioneer this whole concept of a citizen experience that's that's really great across all state departments, and uh, it was it was really really fun. But you know, William and I kept talking, and just it became really apparent that in solar, specifically in the solar industry, there were uh, there was a lot of mismanagement. There was a lot of missed opportunities. There were there were a lot of areas where there was friction in the customer experience where they didn't need to be right and we we just simply realized hey if we approach this market like a technology company would where we're focused on customer experience being fully vertically integrated and making that that solar journey as as simple as possible to start and make it fast and make it easy and you know make it a true white glove service where our customers don't need to go out and you know find the permits to sign and you know, do all these little things. If we can make that process truly streamlined and do all the heavy lifting forms, so they just basically sign and drive, right? You just sign and we do all the work. We let them know when they need to sign a form or something. Um, and 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 with the huge, huge focus on the technology aspect to automate and make that process seamless and, and very scalable, that uh, we know if we could do that, there's going to be huge opportunity. We could really make a, a huge, huge, huge difference. So that was kind of the genesis of it. It's been a lot of work. It's been a crazy, crazy amount of work. Uh, there was not a, a a big acquisition or something like it. This has been uh, fully grassroots, going out, finding the team, finding the installers, finding the the construction staff, finding the the electricians, our project management team, the customer success team, all of these different pieces, and, and building it uh one one step at a time uh but it's led us to a spot where we have uh i think uh, com- just a world-class team across the board like they are phenomenal uh, about even like the install crew uh just just head and shoulders above any any solar install crews i've ever met and that's when you read our online reviews most of them are talking about just they're just shocked at how clean and polite that the install crew is they, they clean everything up when they leave and, and they're in and out within just a few hours. And, uh, we are just trying to bring that, that amazing customer experience to this journey that historically was a real pain. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, uh, it's been, it's been great. And, uh, and, and with this focus, I think it's been validated wherever we've gone. Uh, it's between four, eight, nine months. Um, we, we always become the biggest uh, you know residential solar company in that market just, just a few months. And so wherever we go, it's I think the, the market speaks for itself. If we can make solar easy to get into, folks are really excited about it. It's just let's just make it something that they can do without you know uh, shelling out thousands of dollars. The amount of people that we've talked to and they you know there was one recently where she had you know she was super excited boxes like she brings out like boxes of uh, research papers like she's been scoping it out I've been saving up for a couple of years I'm excited to do it and then when she realized that oh man like it's now it's really easy and you don't even need to dig into the, the thousands of dollars you were saving up as a down payment it's just you can just go solar and yeah. uh, just it, it's really cool it's really fun to be part of and it's it's fun to be part of something where I know it's it doesn't matter what where you sit on the political spectrum, left, right, center, I just think it's a, across the board, it's a positive thing. You can be excited about the environmental aspect, right? Uh, you can be excited about saving money. Most people, truth be told, it's just about saving money. Right. They go solar with this. It's just the fact that, oh, it's, I'm taking what is a uh, a cost that increases typically each year, whatever percent that is. And I can go from that to having a controlled cost and I own this and it's mine and it's easy to do and it looks nice, Um, it's perfect. And so most people just go solar to save money. But uh, the fact that people do that, everyone can be excited about it because it just means cleaner air. It means more green energy. It means uh, local green energy jobs that are being created. Uh, And so it really doesn't matter where you sit on the political spectrum. It's just a really cool thing. And that's why if you even go to a place like Utah, which is where, you know, we started in Utah and Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you go there, you, you really, you can't go into a neighborhood without looking around and seeing a house or two with solar. It's
0: not a bastion of left wing politics. No, there. <laughs> no, it is not. It's one of the most right leaning places in the country. I, I mean, and I think that's cool and a true testament. In the Midwest, uh, you know, residential is one thing and a huge part of the equation. What about businesses? Are there businesses out there that you think could benefit significantly from solar? Is there anything um, in that capacity that's standing in the way? Because I'm thinking of all these fleet farms out there too, or you know the bigger box places, and they've got all that real estate on top of their uh, warehouses and all this and that. But is there... Something I'm not seeing that may be getting in the way from, you know, even the quick trips and all that sort of stuff. Is there something standing in the way from getting a bunch of these companies on board and maybe they already are doing it? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's an, what's interesting is if you're a homeowner, uh, solar is a no, solar is always going to be cheaper long term. If You look forward 10, 20 years. It's always going to be cheaper than renting power forever and dealing with those those elevating prices. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just how it is. Uh, for a business, it's that same arithmetic applies. Plus, they get to depreciate it uh, way more rapidly. And so, as a business, it's really um, it's beyond a no brainer. If you don't mm. go solar, you're costing yourself a ton of money because of the way. I'm I'm no I'm not a tax expert, so I'm not going <laughs> to go into the details um but you can even pull it up you just look up like business depreciating uh solar panels or you know anything with green energy and the way it depreciates um and how you can write off that the cost of that investment it is massively incentivized because of you still get the all the same tax incentives all the same savings on your your power bill but then you can depreciate that investment i think it's over five years and uh it's yeah it, it makes it something that if if you're operating a business and you have the opportunity to go solar. If you don't, you're, you're costing yourself a ton of money. And so that's why you see it it is becoming bigger and bigger. There's huge projects every year, more and more each year, because it's just the the math on it is ridiculously simple for a business. And uh, so, yeah, it's, you'll see more and more of that. Do you work uh with businesses in the Midwest? We we do some. We've we've actually been in a spot where it's hard to keep up just with all the residential projects. I and see. And so I see. it's it's kind we kind of so, pick and choose our spots,
0: yeah. Got it. So so you <laughs> yeah. you couldn't um is so maybe it's part of it is there's not yet the capability for all these businesses? to go solar, is that it? Or is there is there something else standing in the way or you haven't really gone down that road because you're just trying to keep up with demand at this point?
1: Yeah, we actually have a, a great partner locally um, that, that focuses on commercial. Uh, our One of our vendors actually brought us together like, hey, this is the biggest commercial installer of solar. You're the largest residential sol- solar installer here. You should probably be friends. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't have a real interest in doing residential I you don't see. have the bandwidth <clears> to do commercial. And so we just kind of work together on that. If somebody comes in and it's, if it's a little beyond the scale of what we think is uh, going to be worth our, our time, uh, mm-hmm. then uh, we just, we'll, 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 pass it off. It, it's, it makes for a better customer experience. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a growing space. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, it really is a matter of we we're hiring electricians as fast as we can. So uh, I'll, plug that like we're, we're literally always hiring for every position in the company as fast as we're growing mm. and so it's just as fast as we hire electricians they're they're booked out and then it's uh it's a matter of just scaling that and uh, right now we're in that it's an interesting spot to be in where it's just we just can't keep up like we're, we're keeping up with the residential side but the business side would would be uh yeah probably too much for
0: us to <laughs> do uh, at least for the next year or two I think. Understood. Well, if there's uh, any listeners out there, whether they own a business or they own a home and they're interested in solar, how can they go about doing it? Yeah. Simply go to
1: everlightsolar.com and uh, you can request information there. You can see all the job listings, get information, request a quote. Uh, there's a ton of information there in our Learn Center. We're hiring in yeah all across the country. We've got a bunch of local jobs. Uh, we've got a ton of remote jobs. Uh, so if you want to work from home and do things like marketing or project management and just work in your pajamas. It's kind of an amazing thing not to have to commute when it's the weather's getting this cold. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, yeah, just go to everlight and check it out there.
0: And what if you're a business looking for solar, where can you go?
1: Same thing. Or if you, you jump on Google, I know like sun Peak is, is a great uh, resource, but you can always uh, reach out to us. We can get you connected where you need to go. And, uh, and, and I also will note as, as a business, the other, uh, business that's really huge here. And I just appreciate this. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, there are some amazing incentives for dairy farms from the US Oh, really? On top yeah. of everything else. Yeah. Uh, some phenomenal incentives. So
0: what kind of incentives? Because we have a lot of farmers in the audience as well. Do you know off the top of your head? I, I don't know all the details, but it okay. does take for a lot of uh, it's, it. It kind
1: of varies based on how much funding they have available and, and how much they can apply to each project. It's a little sure. it's kind of a process. Okay. um but I, i've seen farmers before where be, between the tax incentive and these different incentives from the usda um, ends up knocking out over half of their project cost wow and it's just it, it's really cool and so we've we've done some really cool farm projects uh where we're covering these classic midwestern red barns that you, you'd see on like a postcard or, or yep. something yeah and and just covering those with with solar panels it looks really cool. It's like the perfect combination of history and the future. And it's, it's really awesome.
0: And they can contact you about that. Any dairy farmers listening can contact you about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you uh, so much for hanging. Is there anything I didn't ask that you think people always forget to ask about solar panels?
1: Um no no you were you were quite thorough and uh it was it's been really good. Um I, I do really appreciate you Charlie as as somebody who's been a transplant to the Midwest. You have taught me so much about <laughs> quick trip and yeah. and uh all these little Midwestern uh sayings and clichés. I've uh I'd be
0: lost without, you know, you uh, haunting my TikTok and YouTube yeah. and everything. Well, wow. <laughs> Here to serve sir. I appreciate it and I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing. You know, I've always been big into the environment cuz you know it's pretty simple. Uh you know, it's our home we got one of them so we might as well especially if it's Economically advantageous, might as well take advantage of the easy ones. So, this seems like a very yeah. easy one for folks to do. So, thank you uh, for what you do, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Charlie. Have a good one. You too. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Big thanks to Casey for coming on the show. Make sure you follow Everlight Solar. That's at Everlight Solar on Instagram. You can find them on the good old fashioned internet. Just Google Everlight Solar, they'll pop up real quick. And you can also follow the Kripes cast. That's at Kripes cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, this week is Christmas. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Everyone, keep her moving and watch out for reindeer. Okie dokes, we'll see you next week. So, roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the badgers say it's the old. In jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving.